da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. So we gather here this week to talk the newest film from Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. And it's not a drama. I know who both of those actors are, so we're up off to a good start. <laughs> Unlike most weeks, Richard knows who these people are. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fired up. When we did Boyhood, I mean, he, he literally <laughs> we spent an hour trying to talk him into it. Everybody <laughs> wants some was complete catastrophe. I mean, <laughs> It was, it was almost on, I almost didn't post it. It was almost that bad. But oddly, this movie might be Oscar worthy. It's weird to see like really good work from these two and have it not be like an intense drama. Like you would Mm -hmm. think you would see if you heard they were pairing up, you wouldn't think it would be this could be a sign of things to come. I'm excited about this one. And, and we love Shane Black as well. Boom. Big time. And haven't talked about him in a couple years. There's lots to catch up on. First of all, Brian, welcome back. Hey, thanks for Good. having me, fellas. Sorry, I, I know. Uh, to both of the listeners who, who were upset that I wasn't involved in the Green Room episode, I, I apologize. Just couldn't, couldn't make it work last week as I was moving, and also the trailer for that movie scared me, so I did not see it. Right. I think yeah, you should be glad you didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> was it scary? Was it scary? People were like, "It's not scary. It's not really a horror movie." I'm like, "That's not the point." Not necessarily That's... scary, but it has the gore elements of okay. horror for yeah. sure. Probably if you can handle right. that, um, yeah, it's, it's twisted. It's kind of okay. sick and twisted kind of yes. horror. That but... stressed me out more than anything else. So yeah, right. That's, I made the right call. I think. So glad you're back. Hey. Russ hey. gave it. Russ gave it to Machine Mask. <laughs> <laughs> Did we... I haven't listened to the episode yet. Yeah. Where did you guys fall on the movie? We both it. liked it. Okay. I, it, was a, it was a big surprise for me how much I liked it and how yeah, really good. good Patrick Stewart was and how intense it was and how well shot it was and uh, how well written it was. And man, it was, it was good. And it was about like punk rock music yeah. too. So it kind of had that. We're, we're obviously interested in movies that have to deal with music. So sure. that was just kind of icing on the cake. It was good. Right? It was good. Like, I'm kind of. I'm more on your team, Brian, than I am Kent's on the horror right. movie thing. And I, right. so I only see one like every three years. And I'm super glad it was this one because I really cool. like it. I think you might like it, actually, Brian. Yeah, maybe, if you maybe I'll check it. it out on like, I don't know, yeah. Netflix during the daytime at some yeah. point. It's kind, of, yeah. it's kind of what I wanted Cloverfield Lane to be. Okay. If yes. that makes sense. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Um, so, man, it was fun. But cool. I, so you didn't hear our episode. So I guess you didn't hear our Ghostbusters debate last week <laughs> i did not i mean we talked about it in text form off the air right uh, as i like to refer to it but no i did not hear what you guys had to say well, we need to it. give you the open mic <laughs> here i guess just weigh Yay. in on it um there i thought the second there, trailer yeah there was have been a few trailers better. yeah yeah second trailer was significantly yeah. better than the yeah. first trailer so that's a good sign um i'm still not i'm not like excited for the movie at all i just don't know that i need to revisit Ghostbusters at all beyond what came out in the 80s. I love Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters too, even though it's not as good as, as the first one. But I don't know that in 2016 I need another one of those. And I, I definitely don't need Leslie Jones in anything. <laughs> so that's a big part of I think it looks... I think that second trailer was better. I'm concerned that 
because there's so much there seems to be so much crazy outcry on both ends of the ghostbuster spectrum the the crazy uh misogynist male fan that is just being you know they're all being complete and total idiots and then the flip side of that is the um kind of crazy side of the of the feminism movement that's like because those two are so angry about the other one it feels like this is one of those movies that it's not going to get for better or for worse i don't feel like it's going to get a fair judgment from yeah, critics because That's a it's I said, it, too it hot of a like, topic yeah. it looks like kind of a very average summer comedy yes act. if it wasn't yes. ghostbusters like no one would everyone back there it wouldn't move anyone's needle it wouldn't yes. piss anybody off it'd be fine yeah. so right. it's kind of like we're we're confused at the backlash but don't let that think that we think it looks awesome it just looks like a b minus like it, it or C right. plus, C plus to B minus. It's going to be somewhere in there. Right. And that's every pretty much every big budget comedy falls somewhere in there because it's mm-hmm. so hard to make yeah. comedy when you have when you're making comedy by committee, which you have to do at a big budget. And so, like, okay, that's fine. It, allow it to. Ex- it's going to exist now. Right. We, okay. yeah. It's not like they're going to be like, that's a lot of YouTube likes. Pack it up, boys. <laughs> Put it in Prince's vault. Yeah. Let's just call it a day. Like it's yeah. going to come out, and so who cares? Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I I just want movies to get fair. I want a fair assessment of the film, whether they're good or bad. I just, I want it to be, I want the, the playing field to be level when I, when I go into a movie. So I definitely want that from every other critic, you know, and I don't know that we're going to like, I hope the movie, (laughs) this sounds terrible, but more than anything, I hope the movie is at least decent because I want us all to be able to give it good grades just so we don't have to deal with the crazy backlash. I hope it's You know what I mean? And it's, I do too, but. But I don't want, I, I guess the reason I want it to be good is just because I don't want to deal with crazy people. And that's <laughs> never a great reason to hope. They come out of the woodworks. Yeah, They do. Oh, Gosh, they do. It's just been, it's been a little uh, angsty, I think. So, you know, I, I would be 47% more interested if Leslie Jones was replaced by literally anybody else. She just, she kills me. She just, every, like... Even when she wasn't yelling in the, in this trailer, which is the first time I've ever seen her not yell, I just I was like kind of dying a little bit. You sure she wasn't yelling? You're there sure. was one line. There's one she line was where like she's talking at a normal decibel and yelling. Um, but by that point, my eardrums had already been blown out, so I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> so, I've said this is my stance on Leslie Jones. Once she stops just yelling, then I'll give her a fair shake. Again, she has one <laughs> bit right now, and it's yelling. Yeah. So once she has, you know, she can broaden her horizon a little bit. You know, she's 58. She doesn't have a lot of time left to right. broaden it. But <laughs> she's some, I mean, she's old. Yeah. She got a late start. But yeah. she kind of burst onto the scene uh, sure. by yelling at us, by <laughs> yeah, literally forcing herself scene. onto yeah. the scene, I guess, yeah. if you will. She just but. yelled at Lauren until he put her on. <laughs> there's a, there's a, she's doing insurance commercials now, right? Have you yeah, seen these? Like, yeah. No, I haven't. Awesome. Or is it Capital One or something? I don't Maybe. know what it is. Something the benefits like of not having cable, I guess. Yeah, some, yeah. some insurance company. So. It's uh, pretty awesome. Speaking of not having cable, guys, we, uh, we have some news from Netflix today. Some big oh, yeah. Netflix news. You hear about this. I did not. I'm excited. I did not either. You're breaking news to, to us. Oh, hold on. More Sandler flicks? Come on. Hold on. Please, more Sandler flicks. <laughs> Close. Well, this is actually beneficial to us in our podcast and our podcast listeners. From September, Netflix will be the exclusive streaming home of Marvel, Lucasfilm, Ooh. Pixar, 
and the Disney Vault. Wow. That's so that's huge. a big announcement uh, yeah. today. Actually, uh, less than 24 hours ago. So a little bit of breaking movie news here to talk. Uh, but that's big. Big, yeah. big, big news for Netflix. Um, feeling pressure from Hulu, maybe? Feeling pressure from, yeah. uh, from Yahoo for pulling all these Emmys and things uh, to sort of turn things around? I know they have a lot of great original programming, but they maybe are losing subscribers. You know, HBO's got HBO Now, so they're sort of people transitioning from that, uh, from Netflix and things. Um, so this is a big move, and I'm just excited that Disney and its uh, subsidiaries went with Netflix as opposed mm -hmm. to another service or created their own service where they would charge you however yeah. much for their archive, which they could easily do. Yeah, there's yeah. enough on there. They could do it through <laughs> Apple. They could do like an iTunes pass. Because oh, they, they could just do a, an app like they do with The Simpsons and right. have just the whole Disney archive in there for mm -hmm. streaming. You know, every yeah. movie that they've ever made. And there would be hundreds of movies in there, including cartoons and right. all the Disney Channel stuff if they wanted to work that through there. Mm -hmm. But... So we can Disney, finally catch up on Hannah Montana. I guess Disney's kind of doing us a favor in that sense. Yeah. So let's put it on Netflix, <laughs> do what the people kind of want and what would make everyone happy. Because, you know, the ne people at uh, Disney probably watch Netflix. And like, that would be nice if we had all our stuff on there. But it's nice for uh, Lucasfilm. So we're going to get Star Wars on there. We're going to get all the Pixar, which I'm excited about. Hopefully they mm -hmm. put all the animated shorts on there as well. Yeah. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And of course, like I said, the Disney Vault. So big, yeah, big time stuff. Uh, Brian, I understand you're going. You've cut the cord recently. I, I didn't. I backed out. Oh, so dude. you're still the only cord cutter. I, I, could, cord. I just couldn't figure out a way to do it. Sports. Here's the deal. We are in a. I don't want to let the listener in on too much of my personal life because no one cares. But I so, we sold our house. Uh, we live in the Dallas Fort Worth metroplex in the housing market. Like, if you're trying to sell your house, it's super awesome. And if you're trying to buy a house, it's the worst because every house is mm -hmm. way overpriced and it's ridiculous. So we were in like a short term lease in an apartment, and I thought this would be a great time for the summer to try out this cord cutting bit. And I I picked your brain on it, Ken, and did some research and all that. And it just I couldn't make it. I could make it work for the summer, but as soon as if if this whole thing stretches out into the fall and then i have to add nfl and uh ncaa football and then nba later like it it doesn't make sense cost wise so i just i ended up just getting a dumb cable thing so now i'm back on the uverse bandwagon so that's fun oh goodness <laughs> yeah yeah oh wow we'll see how that oh, goes. Joy. i didn't know uverse was still around i thought they forced i'm not kidding i thought they forced everyone to uh yeah direct tv now since they they're her. trying. I've had a I've had DirecTV for a long time, and I love DirecTV. But I now live in an apartment that faces in the wrong direction, and I couldn't get a satellite hookup here. So, yeah. So this is, I think Uverse is going to be just apartments by like 2017, yeah. pretty much is what I'm what it might may end up being. So speaking of big Disney news, guys, Beauty and the Beast trailer dropped. Yeah, it is. or Al teaser trailer. Crazy amount of views. Yeah. Is it? Record-breaking. The really? highest number of views in one day. Broke yeah. Star Wars. All you have to do is get Emma Watson to share it or whatever. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. her fans are, they're crazy. crazy. It's more yeah. than any Harry Potter. Than, it's more than yeah. Daniel Radcliffe and, totally. and yeah. the well, Redhead. Well, that back. It's nice. Well, now you see me too is going to revive <laughs> his career. By the way, we're two weeks away from that, by the Can't way. Wait. Countdown Can't begins. Wait. We've got a countdown clock actually wired in my room. <laughs> I wake up every morning to the sight of the four horsemen. <laughs> Above my bed. 
And but it's actually like, in the form of a big check. And then yeah. There's just this big, there's this big piranha tank. Like it's from my living room. Just Shines on it, and that's how you know I'm eating. Goodness gracious! Gosh, I'm so hyped. Right. <laughs> that might be a four-hour episode, honestly. Uh, yeah, multi-tier. It's gonna be like that OJ documentary that ESPN did. Yeah. <laughs> should we release it in waves? Just I think we should week by week. Yeah. It's, get see if we can get nominated yeah. for the limited series thing at the Emmys. Let's just from from, from the day now you us see and me. Ryan, Ryan Murphy presents. Yes, not about movies. Now you see me. We could just call it that. From the day it comes out, the sequel. Let's just make our podcast a mad about movies. Now you see me podcast, and let's just see how far now you see me two takes us. Might take us all the way to the Oscars. We'll just keep talking until it gets old. Just every week. It would be a great bit to generate all these listeners over three or four years, and then just sabotage ourselves by refusing to move <laughs> off the subject of an me for six months uh, all the funny. itunes reviews just start saying like uh liked them for a while <laughs> i listened for three years and uh and then they did this i don't know i think it's performance art i don't know <laughs> it could be a bit but it could not if it's a bit it's hilarious if it's not worst show of all time yeah, they actually talk yeah. about now you see me less now that they're doing this bit than they did before, right. which is weird. Well, the countdown has begun, and I'm excited for mm-hmm. it. Speaking but, of countdown, I think now you see me three should feature Job. <laughs> they should just bring in every known magician. Yeah, like a lot David of crossover. Field, yeah, Penn and Teller need to be involved somehow. Yeah, Siegfried like and Penn Roy, and, Teller. and then like they can be like. You know, Chris they, Angel's they a, the villain, and he's taking yeah. over the world. They do a bank heist, and they're like escaping on the streets of New York. And then David ah. Blaine just walks up, is like, "You want to see a trick? <laughs> you want to take a card?" And they're just like, "David, we don't have time right now. We're just, just take this card." It's an illusionist. It's not a magician. It's an illusionist. Illusionist, Michael. What are your thoughts on the Beauty and the Beast teaser, though? Oh, it's cool. Uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. You know what's funny? My wife text me she doesn't ever we don't talk ever um just just because of you know legal difficulties but <laughs> right um, that explains the apartment <laughs> right yeah yeah she texted me and said the beauty and the beast trailer is terrible and then i came home and watched it i was like i don't i don't get what's so what's so she bad she probably about. doesn't know because she's not as like locked in as nerds like uh yeah. she probably thought that's a full trailer and it's really a teaser, yeah so it yeah, just wasn't what, like that's exactly what it was it was just um she was like there's just there's nothing to i'm like yeah, it's a teaser trailer it's fine it's just it, it's a trailer it, for a trailer yeah, exactly it would typically be like 20 seconds long it's just yeah. they're stretching it it's it's fine but I thought it was okay. I, I don't know that it was 91 million views in a day good, but it was, yeah, it was fine. It looks interesting. That's going to be like yeah. the girls, that's Star Wars. Yeah. And there's more girls than dudes. So, yeah. like, it's going to be by girls, I mean women. That was stupid. For girls, that's Star Wars. <laughs> but for women, that's I don't like know if it really is. They're Star that's Wars. The, they, they, I mean, so many, you know, women I knew, like, they, that was, you know, that was the movie that was like most iconic for their childhood. And, and they all wanted to be Belle. And, you know, like, that's just like we all wanted to be. Uh, Jar Jar. I think Little Mermaid was more so. That too. That too. Oh, that's Depending coming. On how old that's coming in 2018 with yeah. uh, Chloe Chloe Moretz. So yeah, yikes. Yeah, prepare for our, that. Our how are they going to do it underwater? The entire. I don't understand. James Cameron's directing it. Oh, okay. Well, we know how that deep sea movie of his worked out. Yeah. It came out, and yep, I, you're learning about it for the first time tonight because I'm telling you, no one knew it came out. But uh, James Cameron behind. The, no, he's not actually directing it, but. Uh, as far as Beauty and the Beast, this kind of confirms that they're going to use all the so- songs. 
from all the Disney movies in all these movies. So mm-hmm. Jungle Book, we had Cinderella, kind of used them in a in a weird way. Yeah. And this one, they tease uh, be our guest or hashtag be our guest. And uh, so we're going to get, I guess, different new updated versions of that. So that could be interesting or bad. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I don't know what to think. Like you can either go full remake and tell it, you know, kind of Snow White and the Huntsman it or something. Or yeah. you can just remake the do the animated movie live action, like almost like a you would for a Broadway play if you were making mm. a Beauty and the Beast Broadway play based on the movie. Yeah, and uh, this kind of has that feel. I'm kind of more interested in that version of. I mean, that seems less original, but it also seems better at the same time. Like I don't like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. I didn't like yeah. Maleficent. I don't like any of those Huntsman movies. I. The but I really enjoyed Jungle Book. I like yeah. Sorry, Richard. I know that's hallowed ground, but uh, I like Jungle Book a lot, and I liked Cinderella way more than I thought. And this this looked good to me. So, and I'm I'm very anti live action fairy. Excuse me, fairy tale. Uh, I've been very very adamant about my position on that. But this this looks better to me. This kind of thing than Alice Through the Looking Glass sort of stuff. You're still standing by your Alice Through the Looking Glass prediction, uh, Richard? Uh, the buzz isn't that good, but I'm still going to stick by it. It's, it's going to be decent. Okay. Well, we'll never know because I don't think we're doing an episode <laughs> on it, but you can do a solo <laughs> podcast. And just... Wouldn't that be good if I did it like Colin Coward yeah. and I just talked to myself with long pauses? Right. About, <laughs> just uh, shuffling paper the... like Jim Rome. <laughs> Alice <laughs> Through the Looking Glass. Yeah, yeah just Please like uh, She's, she goes through the looking glass. <laughs> so uh, you got to understand, you know, when you do a trailer, I think trailers, I think trailers, I think tra- you got to do the long pause. I think trailers are, or, or, or sequels rather are. <laughs> Gather your thoughts. Are, are really, are, are re- ruining that. I'm, I'm going to go out and say it. Like a lot, of, a lot of guys out there, a lot of guys out there, they say, they say that sequels are good for the film. You'll, you'll see these guys. These guys are always, these guys are always out there saying sequels are the, are the key to film, but. I'm not one of those guys. So call in. Give us your thoughts. Eight eight eight. ESPN Radio. How long can you Please make do one that, sentence Richard. last 30 minutes? I'll do it. Please I'll do a solo. Like that. No, do, a, do an hour by yourself. <laughs> we'll put it on the feed, and that'll be the, the episode for that week. Let's do it. I'm Just in. so if I want to hear get, it. If we can get... No. Hold on. If we can get 50 tweets that it's wanted, 50 <laughs> tweets oh. to Matt... Ma- M-A-M underscore podcast that they want a solo Richard Barden Alice of the Wicked Glass episode. <laughs> I, will, I will go see the movie and I will do it. <laughs> yes. Please, listeners, we're relying on you. This has to happen. <laughs> and it's going to happen. You just you just put yourself in a see, hole. You have to do it. I will count them. Okay. I will too. I can't wait. I'll favorite all of them. <laughs> but I guess Michael Keaton demise. is back in the fold of Disney as in, uh, in Spider-Man. Yeah, he's confirmed. He's back now. again. Yeah, Keaton Assange continues. Mm-hmm. Thought we were prematurely exiting the Keaton Assange, but it's Never. extending. Yeah, uh, thankfully. Well, this is going to be like a four or five year run for him if he if he does anything between, I guess, the founder, yeah. which is his next big right. Oscar push, I guess. And well, it all Spider-Man. started with Need for Speed, and so what was that? Two thousand nineteen, right? That was my favorite of his. Most nuanced, <laughs> most deep, like yeah, most. Confusing. I would say I, you know, people don't like Need for Speed, but I will say it's probably the best Aaron Paul starring vehicle. 
You're not wrong. Yeah. And more Marvel news. We have Thor 3 news, guys. Regonk. Hold the phone. Thor Regonk <laughs> coming out. And uh, Carl Urban, Jeff Goldblum, and Kate Blanchett have joined the cast. And it's going to be a buddy cop movie with Thor and Hulk. So they're cops now, Brian? Is that? I'm looking at the show notes. Is buddy I, cop? Oh, it's just buddy. Oh, yeah, oh. just buddy movie. Yeah, buddy they're, cop. They're just going to go across the galaxy, apparently, and just stop uh, evil alien I'm, bad guys i'm, I'm kind okay. of in on that yeah i'm <laughs> that too, awesome. but i love the like super fan fiction direction that uh marvel's gone with it's like what if iron man and captain america fought in what if thor and hulk were bros and we got them a spaceship and they traveled through the day <laughs> I, I, you don't have to finish your sentence here's 200 right million. i'm in yeah well civil war is based on the comic i don't is there a is there a thor hulk it's based on the actual civil war is it not it's not <laughs> You didn't watch very closely. Yeah, you must have not seen. You must have seen something completely different. I don't think there's a Thor and Hulk kind of comic. I don't. I mean, there probably is. What am I saying? But (laughs) not that it's big enough to demand its own movie. But this could be fine because Thor two wasn't fine. I I like that they're at least trying to do something different or interesting with it because I thought Thor two was the most. I guess we just got to make this movie movie that Marvel has done through this whole process. The only one really that I've just been totally not even that it's bad, that it just felt so lazy and uh, unnecessary. So I, if they're going to keep doing this, I like that they're trying to do something in a fun direction. Go, go a little, a little different. Yeah. They, I think at least they know they needed to spice up the Thor mm-hmm. franchise and yeah. adding the Hulk might do that. Mm-hmm. We shall see. But He's gonna his relationship yep. with Kat Dennings is gonna be really, really romantic. <laughs> I hope not. Hey man fam question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to hundred plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter. Dot com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. But let's move on, guys. Let's talk to nice guys. Nice guys finish last. You're running out of gas. Your sympathy will get you left behind. So definitely an interesting vehicle for the two stars of this, Gosling and Russell Crowe, and definitely a good rebound from Iron Man 3 for Shane Black. Back to the roots, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this, this felt like a passion project to me mm-hmm. uh, for Shane Black. I don't know if it is. I haven't done much research on his uh, intentions with this. Um, I've seen the movie, and I love this movie. Um, I, I wanted more of it. I want... I wanted this movie. It was long, mind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be my one, my one issue with it. And I have a few other issues, but 
That'd be my one main issue with it. It did run a little long for me, but uh, I love these two characters. I didn't expect I didn't expect the chemistry to be like it was. It was palpable, and they were hilarious together. And uh, who knew Gosling had this in him? I didn't know. I mean, I'd seen him on SNL and do lighthearted, more lighthearted stuff, crazy, stupid love, and some some other you know mm. not so serious things like Drive and The Notebook. You know, uh, he's definitely not a one-dimensional actor by any means, but yeah. I didn't think he had this otherworldly comedic timing. <laughs> Honestly, um, this was a this was a very big surprise for me uh, from Gosling's performance. And uh, but movie as a whole, I was very entertained. And this is just general thoughts. Um, let's get spoilery here in a minute because there are some good spoilers to talk. But uh, really like this a lot. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Who wants to go first, Brian? Yeah, I'm a big fan of this movie. I'm a huge fan of everybody involved. Gosling might be my favorite actor right now. Um, I really mean that. Like, yep. like if you ask me, who's, who's your favorite actor? I don't know that I would necessarily say Ryan Gosling, but as I was watching the movie, it's just like a reminder of, gosh, I love this guy. Um, 2011 kind of changed my feelings for him. I thought he was a very talented actor uh, who just did kind of movies that I wasn't super interested in. Um, he always gave good performances, but it just wasn't ever quite my thing. But doing Drive, which I know Richard's not a big fan of Drive, and I, I think Drive is probably not aged well, um, but Gosling is straight up menacing in that movie with with very limited uh, vocabulary. I mean, he doesn't talk, and he's he, he's very creepy and menacing, but I think in a very organic way. And then later that year, he did Crazy, Crazy Stupid Love, which is a very flawed film, but one that I, I personally love. And his interactions with Carell in that movie were so good. I thought his comedic timing in that was unbelievable to be able to to work with Carell and that they worked off of each other so so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know we got a, a good taste of, of that that comedy in, in the Big Short. I thought he was the best part of, of that film. That's too, true. For me. That's that's um, kind of true. There's the scene in in Crazy Stupid Love. And I think, I mean, I'm just not gonna be a spoiler, but the movie's like six years old. So hopefully if you care, you have seen, there's a, there's a scene towards the end of it where, uh, he, he's just got Gosling and Carell have just like been fighting with each other physically and just yelling at each other. And, and then Gosling realizes that Kevin Bacon has just walked into the yard and Kevin Bacon is the person who cheated on, who Steve Carell's wife cheated on him with. And he, he does this quick take immediately from I've just been yelling at, at Carell to now I have to come to his defense. And it's, it takes literally half a second. He just takes off his ring and punches Kevin Bacon in the face. And he does it in this ridiculously, it, it, it's, it's over the top, but it, it fit the, the, the plot so well, fit the moment. And it, it's one of those, it's something that has stuck out. I mean, I've seen the movie in three or four years, but it still see, it sticks out to me because of uh, how well, it's good direction, but it's his performance and how well he brought that, that little moment to life. And I just, that kind of changed my, my feelings towards him and my, my opinion to where I really, I I look forward to a Ryan Gosling movie more than just about anything else. So pairing him with Russell Crowe, when Russell Crowe is locked in and, and seems to to care about the project, uh, which I think he definitely does here. And then Shane Black, who I love, I just love his writing and I, I'm always interested in what he's going to do next. And I think he he he's so good at taking 
Um, he takes odd turns in his movies and manages to kind of pull them off. And he also, there's a lot of, of nice guys that I think is, you know, it's a little generic, but he makes it feel fresh, even when it, you know, you've kind of seen some of this stuff a hundred times. And I, I always appreciate that ability of his. So yeah, I'm, I don't think this is a perfect film by any means. I think it's a little uneven at times. And it is, you mentioned, Ken, it's a little long, and I, I agree with that. I don't know that the I don't know that the plot of the movie comes together all that terribly well, but the it kind of doesn't matter because of how enjoyable uh the the actors are and, and the the characters are and the settings that that Black puts them in. I really liked it a lot, man. It's I'm very high on this movie. Yeah, it became evident to me halfway through that like, oh, we're not watching a story unfold. We're just being introduced to these two wackos we're just getting to know these guys. Like there's a lot more to come from here. Like don't get too caught up in that. Like this isn't the last you're going to hear from these sure. uh, characters. And, and the stakes were lowered for me halfway through the movie uh, by some things, but I completely agree. Um, Russell Crowe too. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he hasn't had a lot of big hits in the past couple of years. Um, not to say he hasn't had, decent work done i think noah was better than it was received um mm -hmm. and you know he's obviously stayed in the public eye and things and he was he, awesome he, in man of steel he was he the really best was. part of man of steel he's yeah. the best part of the dcu you know post chris yeah. nolan but uh you know the lay miz thing kind of backfired on him a bit yeah kind of took a hit on that and he's kind of tried to rework his career a bit and get back in good terms with people Mm -hmm. It's where people like Russell Crowe again, and they're not right. just thinking of, oh, 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 you know, every time. <laughs> it's just, I mean, yeah, I saw what he was trying to do, but it just the right, it didn't go over so well uh, for him. But uh, this movie, it's kind of like he doesn't didn't care. Like, yeah, I've got a beer gut, so yeah, my guy's yeah. a slob, you know, and uh, he really sunk into this character a lot, and it was a well written character. But I think that Gosling and Crow took what was on the page to the complete next level, you know, Absolutely. with the nuances and of these characters and the way that they interacted with each other and some of the body language comedy that they had was hysterical. I mean, I laughed out loud five or six times in this movie, like belly oh, yeah. laughed yeah. Uh, at some of the gags and, and, and it felt like something out of the mid seventies, like a movie you would have seen in the mid seventies, just from, mm -hmm. it felt like Steve Martin should have been Ryan Gosling, you know, or somebody, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just the comedic styling of it felt vintage to me, and I appreciated that. It was like a throwback to good uh, old comedies that we used to like that didn't get too raunchy. Oh, and this is raunchy, but it didn't get, it didn't rely on the raunch. It had legitimately funny uh, gags. But Richard, yeah, give us your thoughts. So yeah, it's gonna be hard for me later in the year to find a movie I enjoyed watching more than this. So. <laughs> It may end up being my favorite movie of the year. I don't think it'll end up being the best movie of the year. Um, but it what a fun. I mean, this is just like so up my alley. And, and uh, I, love, I love Russell Crowe. He's one of my favorite actors. I like Gosling a lot. Um, and they have a great dynamic. I, I started getting excited for this at the Oscars this year when they presented together. I don't know if you guys remember, but it was like the funniest part of that show. Um, it was really, really good. They did a little kind of Shane Blackie type bit where Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Gosling came out and said, uh, best adapt where they presented for best adapted screenplay which as we all know is is the screenplay that um adapts to its conditions the best and overcomes a bunch of obstacles um which was a really funny line yeah um 
And uh, but I think Russell Crowe's. I've always found him really funny when he, whenever he wants to do it, um, especially in fighting around the world. No, I'm kidding. But uh, but he, I've always found him a little South Park reference for you. <laughs> gotcha. Um, Taka. But uh, <laughs> but the, the uh, I've always found him. I just think he's great, and because he he's got some like Baldwin in him, in that he's like Australian Baldwin. In that, because he might be crazy, I think he's underrated. In that, he's always awesome in everything. Um, they should do a buddy comedy with Baldwin and, and Crow, where they just go around uh, fighting like TMZ people um, the whole time. But uh, they, but he's great, and Gosling brings out a, a great side of him. And Gosling, so f- the thing that's impressive with this is it's it seems stupid when you're watching it, but like one of the hardest things to do, just timing wise and character wise and athletic wise is physical comedy and yeah. Gosling's physical comedy is unbelievable in this film. Yeah. It's like level nine ninja and yep. it's, it's annoying that he's that good looking and <laughs> that good of an actor and he can also do that. Um, but good, it's cool that we have him and it's, it's, he won a movie star that guy's turned into um, and it's, it's fun to watch him and it's fun to watch crow with him. And then Shane black is, is I think one of the, he, I love that when he does these every, you know, 10 years or something. Uh, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, if if you guys haven't seen it, is a oh, very similar oh, yeah. type film with with Downey Jr. and uh, Val Kilmer. Uh, launched, launched the career of Downey Jr. Yeah. and kind of yeah, a, relaunched kind it of a guy that. that needed a boost in Val Kilmer. Yeah. And we all know what it led to for Val Kilmer, right. which was MacGruber. Yeah. So. yeah, absolutely. The pinnacle. <laughs> the pinnacle. Yeah, it gets no better. So uh, I just think, I just think uh, he, he, he does that it's kind of a one trick thing, but he, he writes two characters learning each other better than like anybody. Totally. Um, yeah. The dialogue's great, but the, like kind of the, the male two men falling in love with each other, not necessarily romantically, but he writes that better than anybody. And, and this is in a long line of that. So, uh, it's fantastic. Great, good. great movie. Good. So I, I, there are some qualms with it in that the plot doesn't matter, but sure. that's okay. Cause you know, that's plots overrated. Yeah, let's it go with let's, let's go with qualms. Brian, you had a qualm. Yeah, it's just just what Richard said. It's a the plot. I don't. I love a a good con or a heist or this kind of. Um, it's sort of a mystery. Yeah, it's a it's a murder mystery kind yeah. of thing. I I really enjoy that on film when it's done well. It's like better than Inherent Vice for sure. Yes, that to me is the most apt comparison. And I kind of I, I said that when the trailer came out that it looked like a coherent inherent vice. And I still think that's probably for me, that's the most apt comparison. Um, I love that sort of thing. So I think maybe that could have been a little tighter. It does seem you guys hit it on the head. I don't need to elaborate beyond just saying it. It it does seem like you do have to kind of figure out pretty early on, like the story and the, them trying to figure out what's happening here is really second fiddle to just the two of these guys, um, being like in a room Lebowski or a car or yes, absolutely. You're, they're just, that's not the focus of the film. And so if you want to, if you want to pick Nick nitpick at that and say, you know, this plot isn't all that great and it doesn't necessarily come together too well without some kind of MacGuffin sort of stuff. And like, without being too spoilery, I think it's pretty obvious who is behind the, uh, the crimes pretty early on in the film, but it takes them longer to figure that out. And so I, I don't care. That's my point is like, yes, there are some issues here, but I think it's just so, so much fun. 
and so enjoyable to watch these two guys work off of each other at at peak. I mean, this is peak Gosling and peak Crow to me, I think. Uh, it, it doesn't get any better than that, especially when you have when you have kind of a master of this sort of dialogue putting everything together. And so, uh, yeah, look, the, the plot could definitely use some fine tuning. And if you want to say, I couldn't get into this movie because it doesn't really all come together all that well. It's a little bit sloppy. It's uneven. Then that's fine. Like I totally get that for me. The ride is just so much, so much more enjoyable than the plot is lacking, I guess. Yeah. Shane Black does such a good job of introducing us to the characters that he establishes with Gosling's character, especially uh, Mm -hmm. such a sense of unpredictability with that character that you just don't know what that guy's going to do, whether he's going to fall off a, you know, fall off a balcony right? or one of the first scenes is he punches through a window and slits his wrist, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, well, that's a lot of blood, you know? And, uh, I mean, what a hilarious character, and and his job of setting it up was great. But yeah, original screenplay by Shane Black and his writing partner, and uh, like I said, this feels like a passion project. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it got a screenplay nomination originally. I was just so few yeah. of those by the yeah. time the end of the year's end. If you can write a B plus screenplay that's original, <laughs> right. they're like you, your top three odds to win it. Yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> dedication as well to set this in the 70s i mean mm-hmm. when anytime yep. you're doing a period movie of any kind it's just a whole other thing you have to worry about as a filmmaker right. right making it historically accurate and worrying about everything in the background all the costuming and all the using the right kinds of lenses that they would have used back in the days and you know on top of, of everything digitally too you can see a lot of it done with effects which was cool yeah, yeah. uh with the special effects mm-hmm. and uh i mean this felt very authentic to me i mean it felt as much as boogie nights did you know right out of the time period mm-hmm. and it started off for me right at the beginning of the movie with the 70s logo the 70s warner yes. logo yeah you're the, right there the you're right in it yep. i mean that's such mm-hmm. a simple freaking easy thing that most directors wouldn't even think to do you know like start it with the 70s like and that, you have to go when you do that as a director, you have to go to the company, to like the head of the company, and explain why you want to use the logo because they like retire all the logos and mm-hmm. and it's a big process. And it's another thing you have to do, but it's a choice that you're right in it with the music and the thing. You're right in the '70s, you know. I knew, I knew before it even said 1977. Uh, I knew the time period, and they started off with the aerial shot of the city. You're like, okay, we're in LA, and then boom, Los Angeles pops up, you know. Yeah. And it was you know just what? so easy to set that up. It's like, yeah. thank you, you know? <laughs> Gosh. I think something else that this movie did so well that I, I really like, I love when a director, when a movie uses L.A. as a character and uses it <laughs> well. And I thought this one did so, because like every movie, it feels like every movie is set in New York or it's like just kind of, it's in L.A., but it's not really in L.A. It just kind of exists in California somewhere, you know? And this this is a... I thought Shane Black used L.A. so well and made it part of the story, and that was that was cool. It, it just... It played out like a character uh, in a... in a I don't know. It, it enriched the story, I guess. It enriched the environment of uh, what these characters are going through. The first half of the movie really is about one thing, plot-wise, and that's just, who the heck is Amelia? Mm-hmm. And we're basically figuring that out for three-fourths of this. And uh, they do a good job leading us from point A to point B 
as far as giving us clues as to who she is and then exploring those clues. Very simple, like I said, mystery. Some of these gags, and I don't know how how much into spoilers do we want to get into this before we let's go do it. any further. Let's just go all the way. Yeah. Let's do a spoiler alert. What up, fam? So spoilers now, but go see it. Go see yeah. it and come back to us if you haven't seen it. I don't really don't want to spoil this for anyone out there. Mm-hmm. So spoilers coming up right now. Some of these scenes, the the fish scene, that the blue ink and the fish <laughs> tank and the throwing the fish back and forth. I mean, that was that was such a great moment and such a great scene back and forth. And who is the actor that was covered in blue ink? Was he like, okay, we can't get Adam Driver, so <laughs> his name yeah. is Bo Knapp. Okay. Not familiar with his yeah. filmography. I thought he was really, it was a fun character and not a lot of, uh, there's no background. And I always like that if you're, if a director is able to pull off, here's a character who's, I mean, that's a fairly important character. He's, he's in it for, for a good chunk of the movie. There's no background. There's no reason why he laughs maniacally. He just does. That's his thing. And that's fine. That's, it works. He's so the main goes, villain. Yeah. For, for most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Another kind of a qualm. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Brian, with kind of being predictable in the fact that we know who's behind it. It's mm-hmm. just how many more of these, mo- I mean, kind of summer movies are we going to have? Oh, well, here's the villain. We kill the villain. Oh, wait, it wasn't that wasn't the villain. It was somebody yeah. in a suit in Washington. Oh, now we yeah. got it. You know, like Iron Man 2 comes to mind. Okay, you've got Whiplash and he defeats. Whiplash, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Mickey Rourke. But then, oh, Sam Rockwell's there. Right. Yep, don't forget about him, you know. Uh, kind of felt cliche in that sense. The mm-hmm. fact that there's somebody, always somebody else behind everything. But I, right. I kind of, I got, I, I didn't understand the, was this a movie just anti-pollution movie? <laughs> like, was that the message here, or was that just a, yeah. a plot device? Yeah. I can't. Yes, I think that's exactly right. It is a plot device, but uh, I don't think it. I don't think it was taking a a hard stance on anything beyond. It's fun when Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe are talking to each other. That's that's, okay. I think that's the stance of the film. Okay, and I'm good with that, by the way, because they're right. Also, believe in that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Open change and uh, that and the gauze. Yeah. Some of the more gags I want to talk about were so funny. when he takes his daughter bowling, it was hilarious. The birthday party, but that was a great gag where he's just obnoxiously drunk and out of sorts. And he's got like a bunch of 10 year old girls yeah. at a birthday party and they're bowling. And uh, one of the girls like throws a bowling ball behind him and it like smashes. But that shot, like to the side angle of the girl just horrified and that one Coke can just rolling toward her. <laughs> was such a great touch by Shane Black. Uh, you can tell it was storyboarded that way, you know, like, this is exactly how I want it set up. It was so funny, such a great moment. And um, where he's taking a dump in the bowling alley, and Russell Crowe comes in and busts through the stall, and he's, like, <laughs> covering himself with the magazine. That was great. Um, like you said, Richard, like, physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, Michael Richards was watching this, like, dude... <laughs> teach me you know yeah. like kramer himself was like show me your ways um can elaborate on that a little bit i guess some of those scenes yeah i think i mean pretty much this whole thing is a i mean gosling's entire performance is a pratfall in a lot of ways it's like <laughs> a chaplain-esque like you know mm-hmm. we you know it's not since downey as chaplain have we seen that torpedo you know and it's like 
it it is definitely the lowest common denominator of funny. Like I'm not saying this is a genius thing to do, uh, or comedy wise. So hard to do well. It's just yes. so hard to do well and so hard. Like writing wise, it's pretty lazy. But Shane Black's a great writer, so he can do it. It's not like that's all he's doing, right? You can put in scenes where people fall down a lot if you're also writing great dialogue. It's like you can paint very abstractly as long as you prove that you can do the real that you can paint anything, right? Right. Uh, so you can do people, but performance wise, it's really hard to do. It's like ballet, right? And so it was, uh, it was really well done by Gosling and and I, I that that you know Mickey Mouse Club training uh, appears to have paid off for, for all these guys. <laughs> all their physical, like him and Timberlake, are like two of the best physical actors uh, out there. Can you imagine if Gosling had joined the Backstreet Boys? Like he was offered. I, well, I write fan fiction about it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a whole section of the internet you don't want to see dedicated yeah, to that yeah, concept. Dark net, yeah. Yeah. What did we think about the plot line of him and his daughter? I thought that was a weird kind of... It, it, it struck me as, as odd, but I got used to it as the movie went, I guess. Cause, because Shane Black is really good at writing for kids, which is funny because he writes very R-rated action films, and yet he's very good at this. And so I, it took me a while to kind of get adjusted to all to her kind of being like the third wheel of the uh, inspectors club kind of. And that was a little bit odd, but once I got there, I was like, Hey, this works. It's funny. And she has a good dynamic, especially with Gosling, but with Crow as well. And so this is, it was fun. She's, she's great. She's a very too. good actress. Yeah. yeah she's she was very, we'll see her. It's fantastic. like when we saw uh, Haley Steinfeld in true grit and you're like, I'll see her again. Like same yeah. type of. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. Reminded me of Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. And totally. uh, Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Like around that age, but definitely have potential. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see her again. I, it took me a while to realize we need to care about this character. Same. Like she's not yeah. just her that's, daughter. That's like when they brought her to the party, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, something's gonna happen here with right. the daughter. She's not just gonna come and she's not gonna come and sit in a room and no, there'd be no consequences when they bring her to this type of place or whatever. And it looks like they put her in a cab. At yeah, the beginning, and she, snuck out, and she yeah. snuck out of the cab, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they didn't really show that, but maybe it'll lead to scene or something or reveal mm-hmm. that part. It became more natural to me. Um, I think the relationship of him and his daughter grows over the film, mm-hmm. and it becomes more sentimental as the film goes on. And so it makes it not as shoehorned in or anything like that. There's not really much love interest involved in this movie at all, yep. which you're surprised by. You would have Good thought that. there's kind of it is with the villain lady until yeah. she's revealed to be the villain lady. <laughs> but um, it it didn't feel the need to go that route. And so I appreciated that. It just left more the time. The story really is kind of between like that is kind of Crow and Gosling. In a lot of right. Ways. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, they're they're uh, they man crush on each other. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. So. <laughs> The protest group bit was very funny as well. So funny. That was, oh my gosh. That felt like something that had to have happened to Shane Black <laughs> at some point. Yeah. That's like, I need to work this into a movie somehow, you know? Yeah. Or just I had it. a very, I want to ask you guys, how, what was your, your theater experience like? Because for oh. me, it was similar to being in a Coen Brothers movie where half the audience didn't get that it was a comedy. Yes. I think so. the theater Silence. experience oh, for me was good. People laughed. 
Yeah, you know? that's the, the the protest scene. Yeah. Was like, I thought that was hilarious. It's so well staged. <laughs> We're dead. The line when he says, "Wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't the gas masks have protected you from the?" <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're just confused. Uh, oh. That was good. Um, very funny. And we go down, and we find a, we find out that the Amelia's boyfriend's house was burnt down. And they walk into the house, and the kid that shows it to him, he's like, "Man, this place looks so much bigger now." <laughs> it's a burnt down house. <laughs> oh. oh, good goodness gracious! Let's move on. Um, and the kid that rode up on the bike was pretty dope too. That was a ridiculously <laughs> funny scene. To me. That, I was dying during. That, that was a little over the top. Oh, it was. It was, was great. cool, man. Was it really funny. pushed the boundaries, but uh, it was it was funny. What was his name? Curtis or something. <laughs> oh man, that yeah. was a great bit too because he was just the <laughs> Chet. Chet, Chet, freaking Chet, <laughs> so funny. Um, <laughs> when they discover the dead body of Sid <laughs> at the party, he falls down <laughs> off a balcony. First of all, which was great. <laughs> just keeps rolling and lands in perfect sitting with a cocktail position, which was good. Uh, but man. discovers the dead body. Russell Crowe comes down there and there's a good back and forth. And then like, did you fall? You <laughs> fell, didn't you? And that's great. But then they're like, we need to get rid of this body. And so when they throw it over the fence and it lands on like the quinceanera table, on the, <laughs> I lost it. I completely lost it. I, I could not. That was the peak of the movie for me comedically. But um, there's another great scene I want to point out. And that's the apartment airport back and forth where they are <laughs> arguing about the note. Yeah. That was, uh, that was great as well. And sort of Gosling's redemption, like, <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not an apartment. It's an airport. And <laughs> right. they figure out that it's not the airport and they have to turn back and everything. That was, uh, that was a good reveal. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, strong and quite strong. strong. <laughs> Anything else that you like? Uh, we're on positives right now, I guess. I thought the score was great mm-hmm. and really played well to the mm-hmm. setting, which is great. That's awesome. That's that's an easy thing to screw up, and and they got that that did on. You know, I just I like that this is a. I've said this before, so this is not like me coming up with some new uh, form of criticism because all I do is just repeat myself. But um, I I like movies. I like when there are dramas and comedies that are made for adults, yes. not for 22-year-olds, you know? There's nothing – like, all that stuff is great. I love the superhero movies more than anything. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll end up seeing the neighbors, too. At some, you know, like, all the – that's fine. Like, they exist. They're fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But there are fewer and fewer – it seems like every year, fewer and fewer films that are made for – people that are maybe like homeowners you know like an older older crowd the 30 and up and i know you guys aren't quite there but you are either are you anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh man uh but yeah it's like it just seems like there's not a lot of films for that and this is you know this is a relatively small budget and it has a it's gonna make a relatively small amount of money and i think shane black's okay with that i hope the studio is okay with it because we need it doesn't have to be every week there's a movie like this, but we need we need like a half dozen movies through the year that aren't attached to a franchise all in December too. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And that that's that's what makes movies like this. You know, the way way back came out in July and I loved that film. And part of it is not just because it's a really good movie, but part of it is just because 
every movie we had seen for two months was blockbustery, and then that that came out right in the middle of it, and it was awesome. And it's, it's the same cool with when, this. It's cool when people make like movies for adults that yeah. aren't aren't trying to win the Oscar. Yes. Yes. And, and maybe it does. Maybe, maybe it gets an Oscar. Yeah, but like. Yeah. It's it, that's not its goal. Yeah, yeah and that's awesome. absolutely. And yes, it's not yeah. trying to make nineteen-year-olds laugh, and it's not trying to win an award. And I love that. That's it's nice to have those sorts of like uh, little stopovers throughout the course of the year. I guess. The Oscars for today, Gosling would win Best Actor. Oh yes. yeah. Um, or but, or I mean, Deadpool. Jay, I don't know J. who Daniel else. Atlas, J. Daniel Atlas is two weeks away. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if I, that's why I said if they were today. No, I know, I know but just not... for the trailer, the yeah. trailer though. Oh, yeah, that's true. Forgot. That's going to sweep the Academy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree with you, Brian. Um, it's the biggest disadvantage of this movie had was its title, the nice guys. I don't know if that's a title. that's going to draw people to the crowd or to seek it out any further. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of a movie like the other guys a few years ago kind of, you know, might've done this movie a disservice or something. Sure. And uh, you kind of expect this to be a, a uh, ride along or a cop out or one of that style of movie, but in the seventies, you know, no Mm -hmm. one expects this to be highbrow comedy at all or a good screenplay or well shot or anything like that. No one, Mm -hmm. I guess, cares about that, but this is one of the more well received critically uh, movies we've had in a while. Um, It doesn't seem to be have, doesn't seem to have the legs at all though in the box office at least. Right. Right. Why is that? Yeah. I think this will do. First off, it hasn't really been released foreign yet, and that I think this will do really well in in the foreign market because it has two movie stars in it. That's true. So I think it will make a lot of its money in Europe. Um, but yeah, I think you know that's the risk of doing these movies because you market for China because that's how you make two hundred million. It's hard to make two hundred million dollars when everyone has jobs and plans <laughs> on a on you know, on May, Friday night. So, uh, and not just being dragged to the movie with their bros because they don't have their license yet, you know, like neighbors too can pull. So, right. Um, you know, uh, it, I think it'll, it'll definitely make money and that's it. You know, you don't, you don't make this movie to be a tent pole and, and pay for three other movies. You, you make this movie hoping it pays for itself. Right. Uh, and kind of gives your studio some, and it, I think it will do that. So I'm not, uh, I'm not too stressed, but uh, I do think this will make a lot of money overseas. I really do. Yeah. What I wouldn't your... be surprised if this makes $50 million total. I really what, would. What was your confession, Richard? Well, you mentioned cop ride along or cop out or something. I have, uh, I, have def- I need to publicly confess this. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, this is hard. I'm excited. Uh, I laugh every time during that Kevin Hart, The Rock trailer. Oh, man. Central I'm intelligence? Like, yeah. I don't. I'm not totally out on central intelligence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll, that's all I'm going to say. Well, The Rock. I mean, are exactly. you out on anything with The Rock? Something like, about The Rock. It? Like, the fact that it took The Rock and Kevin Hart this long, it's just, like, so per- <laughs> so fun. Together. Just it's looking at them yeah. standing next to each other, I start laughing. Yeah. They've signed on for Jumanji together, too, as well. So they're going to stick yeah. around, I think, uh, as long as they can. Keep getting him checks. <laughs> uh, as long as you can, I guess. But, Ryan, Brian, did you have any thoughts on why it wouldn't have worked maybe in the box office? I just, yeah, this movie, this kind of movie doesn't make money. I mean, that's all there is to it. The reason you do this is because um, you hope it, you, you're hoping it makes its money back and maybe a little bit overseas. You do this movie because you have to give people 
you have to give serious performers like Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe an opportunity to act instead of, um, you know, just appearing in Man of Steel. You know, things like that. You have mm. to give them that chance. More than anything, you do this movie because you want to be in business with Shane Black. And Shane Black's about to do Predator and, um, you know, it's very easy for fanboys to knock on Iron Man three, but it made a crap ton of money and it's a really good movie for about an hour and 40 minutes. And then it just kind of deteriorates. So I think, uh, I think you want to be in business with Shane black and you know, you do have to, as much as you would like, I think if you're a studio, as much as you would like to put out 12 tentpole movies a year, you do have to kind of vary your product a little bit. And so if you can find movies like this, that, kind of sit between the blockbuster movie and the indie movie. Um, I think you kind of have to just take your, you have to grin and bear it when it doesn't make very much money or maybe any money at all. And just deal with the fact that who made this movie, what studio am I talking about? I don't even, I never know that. It was Warner. Okay. All right. Then you're kind of just saying, you know what this cost, this basically cost us um, one day of second week Batman v Superman to make. And we made an, an interesting movie and maybe it'll help us get some good critical buzz to make up for the bat. They work in, in Congress, yeah. right? It works yeah. together. So, um, but yeah, like movie stars don't sell movies in America anymore. They sell movies overseas. Um, but that doesn't, you know, Ryan Gosling's not bringing people to the box office and neither is Russell Crowe. And, Certainly neither is Shane Black unless he's doing Predator or Iron Man 3 or mm. Lethal Weapon 5 or something like that. And so, but you just, you have to, I applaud Warner Brothers for, because like I said before, there there's fewer and fewer of these movies every year. And you have to, I think you have to spice up your, what you're offering every once in a while. Every fourth movie should be something that, I don't know, maybe this isn't going to make a billion dollars, but it's a good movie and that's important too. Yeah, I guess I can't say that. They didn't do him any favors by putting it in a May release. That's kind of the, I mean, yeah, this is school point. got yeah. out last weekend. I right. mean, this is yeah. really the peak of the movie season for release windows. But you think they maybe could have done him a, a better favor by releasing this in August and maybe giving this a chance at some awards type buzz for Gosling? Yeah. I think they're going to get drowned out in four months, but yeah. maybe not four months from now, but certainly in four months. Yeah, I think August might have been a better a better window between this is still summery this is summery definitely this is summer as a summer vibe and it's definitely uh, a good feeling movie Uh, but this could have been a an early august type of thing Mm -hmm. and you don't you're not in the kind of slums of september at all yeah and people are still hype you can definitely make money in august just ask guardians of the galaxy so you know um i mean i want to i want to still be talking about this later in the year Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. I think it was special. I think it was. I think a August movie. August would have made more sense, but I I can't fault them for giving it May. I mean, this it's not an Oscar. You're right. I think August would film, be perfect. So you know that's fine. But more than anything, I think it just it's kind of a bummer that it comes out between Civil War and uh, and X Men, which are two movies that the, the this thing will be on DVD before August. Yeah, yeah, totally. But like <laughs> the crowd that only gets out to the movies once or twice a month they're not going to see the nice guys. They're saving their money for her. They've either just spent it at Civil War or they're saving it for X-Men. So it's kind of a tough, it is a tough window. August would have made more sense. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't know that it would have made, it made $11 million this weekend. I don't think that it, even if you put it in a, a premiere window in August, I think maybe 15, 17 is kind of where it, it tops out. 
I do think putting Crow and Gosling on SNL this past season at the very end, almost mm-hmm. back-to-back, did help in their advantage sure. as far as getting people to look sure. at them comedically. Yeah. That was a yeah. smart move. More Gosling, man, all the time. More Gosling. And He's more great. Crow. More, so great. more locked-in Russell Crow. It's so awesome when he actually seems like he cares. Uh, yes. Graham Norton had them both on together last week um, over there. It's on YouTube. I highly recommend it. They're really, really funny together. Uh, uh, Russell Crowe said they, I guess he just recently got divorced and, uh, they said, are you enjoying doing the press? And Gosling's like, I'm so glad it's almost over. And Crowe's like, well, you know, actually, um, you know, Ryan terrible Russell Crowe. That's, right. that's totally Hugh Jackman. That's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I know. He's you sound like, like third guy from, uh, <laughs> from flight of the Concord. Yeah, yeah I know. He's, Present. Yeah. But he's yeah. like, um, Jermaine, present? he's like, uh, well, a lot of, um, young girls come because to see Ryan, he brings in a certain, and I'm, and he's in a committed relationship. So, you know, a lot of them have daddy issues. Like literally he's like that, <laughs> like, like Russell Crowe's in that mode now. And it's awesome. Nice. Just calling George Clooney every day. Like you, I want to see them that? both host the Oscars together or something. Be funny. Yeah. That'd be fun. Gosling. Gosling and Emma Stone hosting Oscars is kind of my dream. They've That's... got another movie coming out together. Oh, and it's a musical. Oh, really? Ooh, ooh, yeah. yeah. Who, Gosling and Crow? Emma Stone. Emma no, Stone. Gosling and Emma Stone. La La Land, I think, is what it's called. Yeah. Oh, that's from, that's Damien Chazelle's of... next yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh. Writer of 10 that, they got That got really good buzz at Sundance. Really? Like, okay, really, cool. really strong. So Yeah, they moved it, because it was supposed to be August, I think, and they moved it to... I think it's this year. I think it's in Christmas around there. December, December 16th. So, so that might be the time. Gosling Oscar talk. Might occur mm-hmm. then. Yeah. He'll definitely win at some point. Yeah, oh, he's so talented. He's incredible. But man, this was such a surprise to me. I mean, I expected this to be uh, a decent like romp, you know. But this really, I really enjoyed myself while watching this movie. And it, you can criticize it for playing off Boogie Nights a little too much with the the porn plot line or something, and in the setting. I mean, I've seen criticism uh, about that, but it didn't bother me because these characters were just so fun. And yeah. uh, it's kind of, it's just a side note to what I was really interested in. But let's hit grades. I'm going to give this an A. Brian. Same, A. I'm going to go A+. Plus. I enjoyed myself. In Boom. Nice. Wow. Where does this rank for y'all this year? This is my number one so far of the year, I would say. This arrows edges out Jungle Book. Okay. Yeah, I think that's... Fair. What else have we seen this year that I Mine, Deadpool was really good? Um, everybody wants some is still oh, high everybody for wants me. Some, yeah, that's probably um, everybody wants some might be number one, and this is one A if that makes sense. Yeah, so I, I think that's that's probably pretty close to where I would have it as well. Cool. Green Room is up there though, man. Still, still get like getting over that one, I guess. And wait, uh, was Batman vs Superman this year? Yeah. It was, Richard. Okay. It feels like so long ago, I know. <laughs> it was. We've actually had, so far, I've really enjoyed this year. Yes. Because I'm going through episodes now. I didn't think it'd be that good of a year, but like Zootopia was really good. Mm-hmm. Ten Cloverfield Laid was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman vs. Superman was awesome. No, terrible. <laughs> it's fun uh, to review. Hardcore Henry was fine. Jungle Book was good. Everyone wants some very good. Keanu, fine. Civil War, good. Green room, very good, and this is very, very good. So, like, all yeah, right, yeah, we've strong. gotten the summer, and like, we haven't had that much crap. So that's cool. Yeah. It's been much better than I expected. Zoolander only... two and Batman v Superman. Not. 
Oh yeah. I mean, there's always going to be stinkers, but yeah. I mean, the fact that we've had, because I, you know, yeah, I mean, hail Caesar, a lot of people didn't like, we liked it fine. Yeah. Deadpool was awesome. But like the fact that we can get to June and only have three stinkers of episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, all of our episodes are stinkers, but we've only had to do episodes <laughs> on three stinkers. Right. Um, is, is not a bad year for a year. We weren't expecting a whole lot out of. Yeah, it's been good and it's only going to get better. You guys I, are my I'm best excited. friends. Are you excited <laughs> for the Connor for real as much yes. as I am? Yes. Yes. So it's going to be, that's gonna, then that's going to be very funny and might not do well. Might flop. It's kind of got flop written on it, but yeah. uh, I think it'll be funny, and I'm excited. Hey, MacGruber only made $5 million in the box office, and right. it's made $5 billion in the <laughs> Exactly. It's all that <laughs> matters, right? KFBR392. Right. Uh, okay. You and your MacGruber jokes. Classic MacGruber. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Let's uh let's hit a recommend, guys. Weekly recommends. Okay, Brian, since you took a week off, you can give us a recommend or double recommend oh, if you want. I I do not have a double recommend. Okay. I have been moving. So when I'm when I'm busy and uh, have little time for for new things and frivolity, I tend to fall back on the stuff that I know so well and love. And so I know I have recommended this before. In fact, I think I recommended this on the very first episode of Mad About Movies, which you can now get on iTunes because all 210 episodes of our show are now on iTunes. Uh, I'm going to recommend 30 Rock because I've been rewatching it through and I'm through like season, I think I'm halfway through season four right now. It's so it's just so funny. It's still I think the comedy holds up so well. Jack Donaghy is a top five character of all time, and there are times when he's like the fifth best character on the show. So just take that in. If you've never watched Thirty Rock, it's all on Netflix. It's hilarious. It's fast, fast, fast. There's a joke every uh, like one point two seconds. I mean, it's it's crazy fast. It might be the fastest uh, as far as jokes go. Jokes per minute. It might be the fastest show that I've ever seen. And I'm actually doing this. Uh, podcast right now in a tuxedo brian why because it's after five what are you a what farmer am, yeah. what am i a farmer <laughs> there's so many great jack donaghy lines uh and then tracy morgan is great and tina fey is great and jane Krakow. i mean the whole on down the line it's fantastic. my favorite uh jack donaghy i might have talked about this on the show but there's one where he or baldwin like there's multiple timeline potential so you've got basically like a christmas carol type present past and alternate history mm-hmm. baldwin and they all come and visit him 
And so there's four Baldwins in the scene all talking to each other. And then the, the regular Jack Donahue character leaves and like goes down the elevator. So you've got young Alec Baldwin, old man Alec Baldwin, and like alternate history Alec Baldwin. And they, and they all look at each other and they go, we're all going to have sex with each other. Right? <laughs> yes. And they're like, yes. <laughs> and then it just cuts away. And it's so funny. This is such a funny so throwaway joke. Yeah, it's fun watching it through. This is the, probably the first time I've watched it through, definitely since it ended, and and maybe the first time from, you know, the whole thing. Really good oh, last season, too, of it. Yes, great. Really it's strong hard. last season. It has a weird dip. I'm about to hit the dip. I think it's the last half of season five when Tina Fey was, was uh, super pregnant. Uh, it kind of dips. But after that, it, it recovers, and the last season is so strong. So good. But, yeah, I've, occasionally I'll text Richard or, or Jason, our friend Jason, a, a line from a show because it's just like, this is just so funny. And it, this was like eight years ago that this was funny. So Yeah. Still, still haven't seen People vs. OJ or Documentary now, but you got to get that fourth I'm telling you, like, I, yes, when I'm dead tired, <laughs> all I do is watch sports and sitcoms that, that I've already seen before. Because I don't have I don't have brain capacity to bring anything else in. I'm just I'm just like zoning out basically and then laughing every every couple of minutes at a joke that I don't I'd forgotten or I missed the first time or whatever. But yes, you've got to watch documentary now. I will. It's Documentary now and and Larry Sanders show are my my first two things out the out the gate. Oh yeah, I forgot you have my Larry Sanders DVDs. I do. Jerk. I'm excited. Speaking of documentary now, Fred Armisen hosted SNL last week, and he's speaking of ninja level comedy. He is. He's on a. He's. I was telling Richard, uh, like who would have thought like when everyone decided to leave, like, you know, who's going to be maybe the, the funniest in five years and the most visible Fred Armisen, yeah. you know, totally. you never would have thought he would be like, yeah, Sudeikis, Sudeikis does a lot, but he's sort of, I don't know if he feels like he's better than SNL. Cause he did a cameo last week, but he's sort of like, <laughs> he's got kind of that snark. I, I don't know, snarky attitude about it, but it just didn't feel like <sighs> he felt like he, he knew he was destined for bigger things than that. And mm-hmm. I think Armisen just knows what he does best, and he's comfortable with that, and he's just going to do so it. he's so comfortable you know? with it. The thing that makes Armisen great, and I think it's like the last level you reach as a comedian, um, is that you're so comfortable when people aren't laughing. And yeah. Armisen definitely totally. has that. Like He will just, I mean, he almost enjoys it. Mm-hmm. And it's like that Andy Kaufman level of comedy where you just, you just keep, you keep going because you know it's funny. And, uh, and 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 you don't let up and he did a monologue brian this week i don't know if you saw it but Mm -hmm. he pretended like he did a one man he there was a one-man show about him getting cast on snl and he just like does this pitch perfect one-man show impression uh, like super new york like nightclub one-man show and it's 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 hysterically funny but documentary now brian that's a recommend for you from me you got it gotta catch it while it's on that i don't yeah, know how like much his, longer it'll be on there. greatest hater is on documentary now yeah armison is like four <laughs> levels above him in the subtlety department like in the <laughs> really nailing the tone part because hater is so great and so big and so like his pre- impressions are so big but armison's something doing something like beyond an impression if like mm-hmm. if that even makes sense yeah yeah recommend side recommend uh richard yeah, I'm going to recommend, because I actually had this planned, and then you brought it up, and I haven't recommended this in a few months. Popstar's coming out next week. Find MacGruber and watch it. It's on Amazon for like $5. Yeah, 
You're welcome. Watch McGruber. And it's worth 30 times that. Yeah. Like we, they should charge you 30 times that $5 fee to watch it. And you should pay it willingly. And happily. And happily. Do you, you not anyway? <laughs> I do it every month. I, I, I buy, buy it just, every day. You just I buy, buy another time. copy of it. Just to keep the love alive, you know? Yeah, I just throw the DVD away yeah. after one viewing. <laughs> disposable, Give it right? to a homeless guy. Can, Hold on, Brian. Just... I forgot. I meant to tell you this earlier. Hold on. I got to eat this apple real quick. <laughs> Good episode, guys, though. Yeah. Cool ringer reference there. <laughs> yeah. That, gosh. Yorma, Yorma, I got faith in you for for uh pop star oh i know i'm gonna love pop star i'd be pretty shocked if i didn't love pop star but did you see know. the th- the bit sandberg did on he did second chance theater yes and the, it was uh, called want to come want to come with yeah want to come with <laughs> that was pretty uh, that was pretty good too did you see the new digital short they did with Con- as connor the yep. one with armison it's pretty funny i have okay i'm gonna recommend um yes a show that is coming back believe it or not um yep. i've gotten back into the first season on netflix uh prison break oh yeah so oh, yeah. What, how, yeah. how is that coming back like it, i know it is on fox but like is it just prison break coming back or are they doing a reboot or i have no idea i know i don't think it's a complete reboot because the trailer talks about the characters in okay. prison break no, it's, it's like his it's son or something character. yeah no, yeah i watched the trailer this afternoon it's the main character from prison break i don't I don't, I don't know. If, I can't spoil the show. I don't no, feel like. Yeah. The main character from Prison Break, it's reversed. So, like, in the first, in the original show, Wentworth Miller was trying to break, I think his name's Dominic Purcell, the other guy, his brother out of prison. And yeah. in this one, it's reversed. He's in prison somewhere in, in Link, Lincoln, the, uh, mm-hmm. the original yeah. brother from prison. How are they able to lock down Wentworth Miller? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know. Those are always filmed here in Dallas, too, right? So yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were. That tax money. And uh, is is uh, is Michael Rappaport making a return? Or <laughs> Hopefully. We can only hope. Uh, once again, I, if they booked him. I mean, right. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see, He's doing a I lot heard, of podcasts now. So Yeah, podcasts, and he's doing a uh, a Friends reboot just about him and Phoebe. <laughs> just a fan, fan fiction. What if that relationship? Uh, a lot of f bombs, though. A lot of f bombs. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty HBOE. Uh, I just want him to stop being in anything that I like. Is that possible? Can he like run every show he's gonna do by me first, so I can decide if? Because I hate him. Hey, don't weird. Do you remember the garden? Do you remember the garden, Brian? (laughs) I I'm aware. I I do. It's it's still. Y'all seen bamboozled? The Spike Uh, Spike Lee movie. It's been a long time. Yeah, she got a prominent role in that, and that's a movie about. A show, a blackface show, comedy show, making it onto primetime television. It's a pretty interesting movie, but it's, that's why I always think of him from that movie now, and not from Friends, just because it's so weird that he's in that and like the main character. Gosh, he's such and a uh, think about it, is that there been any bigger kryptonite to a career than getting a no. five episode arc on Friends? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Hey, guess what? I'm gonna know. be I'm gonna be Jennifer Aniston's love interest for five episodes. I, I oh, think Tate my character's name is doing is... just fine. <laughs> my character's name is Tag. Oh well, you're never gonna see him ever again. Uh, on I think TV. Aisha Tyler and Tate Donovan are doing just okay. Yeah, Paul Rudd's doing <laughs> doing fine. Yeah, Paul Rudd's fine. That was but more it took than a couple arc, years though. to recover from that, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's so many good ones. But there's how so stoked many... are you if you're like a young actor in Hollywood? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a game on Friends. Yeah. Hope you save your money though. Sorry. 
And you're still getting it, so you probably didn't. <laughs> That's true. That's still true. on hundred times a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, where can we find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden, or you can find me at richardbarden.com. You can also find me in the Mad About Movies newsletter, issue number two, coming out June yeah. 6th. Kent, uh, where can we find you? You can find me online at Kent Garrison on Twitter. And find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Like Brian said earlier, all of our episodes on it- are now on iTunes. So feel free to go back into the archives. And if you like what you hear, leave us five stars. Uh, that goes a long way. But until next week, I will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs.